Hi, and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Matt Kawahara, and our guest today is A's pitching coach Scott Emerson. Pitchers and catchers report to spring training this week, and Scott helps us preview Oakland's camp from the pitching angle, analyzing the offseason changes to the A's bullpen, providing an A.J. Puck update, and discussing some of the intriguing arms the A's will have in camp. All that and more now on A's Plus. Pitchers and catchers workouts get underway this week at spring training camps uh, across Major League Baseball. Uh, the A's are set to have their first pitchers and catchers workout Wednesday, and we're joined today by A's pitching coach Scott Emerson. Scott, thanks a lot for taking out the time. Uh, plenty of questions about the staff going into camp, but first of all, uh, I wanted to ask you, you're down in Arizona, um, been there for a few days. What's it like down there right now as, as players are arriving and going through this intake process to get camp started? Uh, obviously, there were some questions about whether spring training would even get started on time or whether it would be delayed, but now that things are getting ramped up, uh, are a lot of players already there or filtering in and and it doesn't feel like you guys are all sort of gearing up for a camp that's going to be um, much different given the circumstances. Yeah, well, first, thanks for having me. But, uh, you know, all the guys, the pitchers and the catchers and some uh, position players that live in the area have sprinkled in. Uh, we really haven't – I haven't seen anybody. You know, we're, <laughs> we're, we're doing our intake process, uh, taking our, you know, our COVID tests. So, so uh, our uh, athletic training department has put that together. We basically showed up to the uh, facility, took our test, and now we're at home or in our hotel rooms and enjoying uh, room service and uh, just quarantining until we're able to get to the, to the field, and hopefully that's uh, on the 17th. What are the plans right now for the early workouts? Do you, do you guys have to alter things much from uh, from sort of what you would normally be doing? I know early on, I think there are some restrictions on how many guys can be working out together at one time, uh, that kind of thing. What, what are the uh, what's the structure going to be like there in the early days? Yeah, uh, Ryan Christensen, our bench coach, puts puts together the daily schedule in spring training and. Uh, you know, we're going to be doing what we pretty much did in summer camp last year, practicing social distancing, uh, limiting the number of players on the field at one time. Uh, so basically our guys are going to have a different arrival times. You know, normally guys just show up whenever, but now we're asking them to, you know, arrive at a certain time. Uh, you get to go to the uh, pre, pre-stretch uh, part of the facility at a certain time, then you stretch with the, the uh, conditioning coaches, and then you go about a little rotation of your day, which for the side guys would be something like, uh, you know, after stretch, one group will throw, and, uh, you know, whether it's a group of eight, you'll have one group playing catch, another group taking ground balls, and then the guys that are playing catch will go throw their bullpen, they'll take ground balls after their bullpen, and the guys who took ground balls will go play catch and then throw their bullpen. So it'll be a constant cycle of, uh, you know, roughly around eight players, I think it is, that will be shoveling through the, uh, the system. And then uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the side days, usually half the group throws. So we got about 16 bullpens. And then the other 16 pitchers will come in in groups of eight, and they'll just get their throwing program and a little uh, uh, what we call PFP pitchers fielding practice so you know it's uh for the coaches it's a long day because you're you're cycling in every group and for the players it's actually you know in my opinion a really good efficient day there's not much standing around 
you come in, you get your work done in the in the proper order and segments, and then then you uh, get to go home. So, uh, you know, I think summer ball, we, uh, summer camp. Uh, Ryan Christensen did a great job organizing it, and and what I've seen on paper uh, looks looks like it's well organized, and it's going to be a good uh, good camp. Got it. Um, well, let's talk about some of the pitchers. I'd like to ask you first about uh, about the bullpen. Actually, it was uh, such a strength for for this team last season, and a lot of experienced guys became free agents after the year. Uh, Liam Hendricks, Joaquin Soria, Yusmer uh, Petit, TJ McFarland. Um, just in the last few days, though, you guys have uh, added some experience in in trading for Adam Kolarik, uh, left-hander from the Dodgers, agreeing to terms uh, to bring back Petit and uh, to add Sergio Romo, another right-hander who's uh, spent a long time with the Giants, had a lot of experience. Uh, but first with uh, with Kolarik, uh, great numbers with, with the Dodgers last season and even going back into 2019 a little bit. What do you guys like about him? Uh, what does he bring to the bullpen mix? Well, you know, uh, he's got a, uh, a good uh, good sinker. Uh, he throws a lot of strikes. He doesn't uh, give bases away. Uh, he's got the ability to control the bottom part of the zone really well. And, you know, we got, you know, now we got Elvis playing short. Uh, and obviously, we got Chapman and, and uh, Olsen at the corners, that gold glove types of guys. And you see, we get a lot of ground ball type pitchers. And, he just brings one that left-handed dimension. Got a good breaking ball, and uh, he adds that you know, really that good left-handed type guy that can get right-handers out because he's so good at, at keeping his fastball down and getting grounders. And then he's got enough breaking ball to, to get the left-handers out. So the three batter minimum with him, it, it doesn't really make a difference. He's 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 good versus both left and uh, right. Mm. You guys made it through all of last season, um, even though, you know, 60 games, obviously, but only with two, uh, you carried two left-handed relievers uh, throughout the entire year in, in Jake, De- Jake Diekman and McFarland. Um, this offseason, you, you traded for three left-handers in uh, Cleric, Cole Irvin, and uh, and Nick Turley. Um, is that Does that represent a, at all a, a shift in, in thinking, I guess, for the bullpen structure to, to maybe have an, another left-hander uh, out there, or um, is that just is that more geared toward depth? I think a lot of it's always geared toward, you know, when, when players are available and you're able to make a deal and make trades, uh, you try to go out and get them, for, you know, one, for the depth, but two, you're, you're thinking this particular player can help our, our, our pitching staff. So, you know, I won't speak for our front office, but when they, you know, when they feel like they can acquire a player that's out there, uh, you know, being dangled maybe by another team, and if it's a good fit for us at the time, you know, we take advantage of that. So I think, you know, left, right-handed, you know, it can balance out here and there, but it gives us a lot of flexibility what to do with Diekman and, um you know, you're adding two other left, three other left-handers to the mix. I think it's just a, a great option that we have. What What have you seen from uh, just from I'm guessing studying uh, Irvin and and Turley so far? What, what maybe dimension do they bring there from the left side? Well, uh, Irvin, you know, he's more. He could be a, in that starter swing role. Uh, he's got a good changeup, a good sinking fastball. Uh, he moves his baseball around really well. Uh, he's got an idea and clue what he wants to do in talking to him. He seems like a really good student of the game. 
And then Turley's got, you know, the, the, the new things that everybody's looking for that with high spin rate fastball and a great depth breaking ball. So, you know, when you, when you can combine all those combinations and you get one guy who can, you know, have that ability to flip lineups because he's a, you know, traditionally a starter is what Irvin's been in the minor leagues. You know, he can, he can pitch, move his ball around, and then all of a sudden you can pick up a Turley who can elevate fastballs and who can drop good breaking balls at the bottom of the zone. He adds a whole different dimension. So now not only are you acquiring left-handed pitching, but you've acquired kind of a different look from the left-handers. Mm. Uh, and I guess speaking of different looks, I mean, I, Sergio Romo is a guy who's has relied for a long time on his slider and uh, even last season, I think, threw it more frequently than he has in any season before uh, previously in his career. And it's it's always been a really tough pitch for uh, for hitters to square up. Um, but when you look at, you know, a Cleric and, and uh, a Romo, Petit is another guy who's uh, he's obviously been with you guys for a few years and been really reliable, but um, is none of those guys are you know particularly hard throwers. Uh, they get by with, with a little bit of a different look and, and probably some some guile. Um, similar question, I guess, to earlier, but but does that reflect at all how you guys are approaching building a bullpen this year? You know, you look across the league and see just so many so many hard throwers uh, coming in uh, from bullpens. Bullpens are just stacked with guys who throw upper nineties. Um, is this kind of an attempt to? to maybe build a bullpen that's that offers a little bit of a different look uh, for you guys? Well, I always think that a different look is always good. You know, you, you, you know, normally you don't want to throw, like, left-handed starters on back-to-back days that have similar looks. Uh, you don't want to throw right-handers back-to-back days that have similar looks and get hitters comfortable and say, hey, we just saw the same pitcher the night before. Uh, so... With the with you know the different arm angles from Robo, uh, you know Petit's just the master of command. I mean that's what that's his game, you know, and he's also a master of changing speeds. Every hitter in the big leagues can time a bullet, and uh, that's why I always talk about if hitting's time and pitching is disruption of timing. And but what Petit does is he's got the ability to locate his pitches. And he, this guy is a big league locator, and if guys that could, you know, you know, you see that the fastball is trending downwards. It's because people want to throw hard, and they're sacrificing losing command over it. But just imagine if uh, Petit was throwing 96 or 97, this guy would be way better than he is. Uh, but he's really good be, uh, uh, at what he does now because he has the ability to command the baseball. So Velo is what Petit. Uh, depends on and same thing with uh, Romo he you know he does throw a little bit more slider but it's a good slider he knows how to throw it for strikes he knows how to move his baseball to both sides of the plate sometimes you you ask a young pitcher that to, to do that with a slider and they just don't know how to throw enough strikes yet but uh, Romo brings that uh, pedigree that he's been around mm-hmm. you know he knows what he's doing uh, he's got an idea. I mean, he's been in big games and big situations, and, and he knows how to pitch. And, you know, if his stuff, per se, could be on the decline his fastball, then he knows he's got to throw more sliders, but he also knows he's got to put them in better places, and then he'll know when he's got to throw his other pitches. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the ability to bring in different arm angles and different types of looks to hitters, I think it's a good thing. 
Uh, closer is, is going to be an obvious question going into spring and probably throughout camp um, with with Liam Hendricks gone. Is the preference for, for this, uh, for, for you guys to, to come out of camp with with one designated closer? I mean, that's the way that it's been uh, for, for a lot of recent seasons. Um, is that the preference again? And obviously, Diekman has come up a couple of times as an obvious candidate after how well he pitched in 2020. But um, who else could be in that conversation, do you think, going into spring? Well, I, I think you, if you look at, uh, you know, what I call our late-inning guys over the last couple of years, you know, Deke, Deke, Deke did an amazing job. He's done an amazing job, and, and he's actually saved games in the seventh and the eighth inning to, to help Liam uh, get those saves because, you know, he comes in and he has stopped the game. Mm. And I think that's something you have to look at, too. Uh, just because a guy hits 270 in the seven hole doesn't mean he can really hit 270 in the three hole because the way teams are going to pitch you can be a lot different. You know, you've got somebody hitting in the four hole uh, behind you that might be a little bit more swing and miss. Three, you know, so there's so many different variables that go into this. I think, you know, the, the thing for us is we go into the season, we have end-of-the-game type guys, and the way they pitch – uh, I think will will work itself out per se. You know, I think there will be some matchup stuff, but then again, somebody in spring training may step step out and and say, you know, what I want to do this or or prove that they want to do it early in the season. But you know, I think that we're just going to have to let this all play, play out and see uh, who who can take the ball and who can get it done in the ninth inning. Uh, this seems like uh, it's an important spring for uh, for AJ Puck. Um, top prospect, brief debut in in 2019, but more health issues last season. Had the shoulder cleanup in September. Uh, what's the update on on Puck as as camp gets going here? How how is his health? Well, the first thing you know, he feels great. That's what he says uh, to to me on the on the text and on the phone. So, you know, obviously the the first thing you want to do is just watch him. You know, see him with your own eyes. You know, watching on video is a lot different than watching in person. So, um, you know, I want to put our eyes on him. Uh, we got the track man, and we can put that on him and see the different data. We can do video analysis to see if he's in the same spots or, or, or not last year, whether they were good or they were bad. So I think a lot of it is, you know, just getting A.J. on the mound, getting him to uh, go out there and compete and pitch. And the same thing as everything else, just see how it pans out and, and figure out what's best for the organization and best for A.J. moving forward. But the first thing is he's got to get on, get on the field, he's got to face hitters, and he's got to pitch in games, and, we, and that's the best way to evaluate is just let it all play out mm. and go from there. Yeah, the message, I think, from the A's is, has been pretty consistent um, that you guys view Puck as a starter in the long term. Um, but also, I think as you're alluding to, managing his his innings this season is going to be uh, is going to be important, given that he didn't pitch at all uh, in 2020. Um, is the thought right now that you know he'll you're thinking or hoping that that he'll be able to be built up as a starter in camp, or is it too early to say still? Well, I mean that's the plan. Is uh, you know initially uh, it might be a little slower uh, per se. You might not rush him as much to build up the innings. Uh, you know, generally your starters, their first start, you'd love them to be around 90 to 100 pitches. But that, you know, the first game that 
you know, the first five games or whatever, some guys haven't pitched yet, they're not ready to go, or they're ready to go, the relievers, so you can count on some relievers a little bit earlier. So I think, you know, the pitch count is just going to be based off what, what A.J. can do early. And, uh, you know, we like to build our guys 15 to 20 pitches per, per outing and, and build them up. Uh, but then again, you know, with A.J., we might take it a little bit slower and see where we're at because you want to make sure he's, he's ready to go. Have you been uh, sort of in contact with him during the offseason, and, and has he been kind of throwing and, and building up strength over that? Has, has his, um, his kind of recovery, rehab progression from, from the surgery in September been, been positive? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's been on the same throwing program pretty much as everybody else, which is 10 bullpens in the offseason. So, I mean, uh, our offseason throwing program started in December, and by the time they get to spring training, they should have thrown 10 bullpens. And, um, you know, generally most guys throw uh, two bullpens in a batting practice and, and probably another bullpen. But to set up the, the five-day rotation, you know, uh, guys will throw uh, – some guys might throw uh, three bullpens before they get to their batting practice because we've got a little bit more time to play with that. So, you know, right now he's on track uh, and been doing the things that uh, he's supposed to be doing. But, again, we, you know, given his history, you know, when we put our eyes on him and make educated decisions to, to go just a tad slower – I mean, he'll probably tell you, no, I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm ready to throw right now. But I think it's the responsibility as, as us as an organization just to make sure that we take it uh, maybe a tad slower with him to see what we get out of him. We'll be back with more of Scott Emerson right after this. And remember, you can access all of our A's coverage and much more with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Go to sfchronicle.com pod. That's sfchronicle.com slash P-O-D. Uh, last season was a weird one for, for everybody, um, but especially for pitchers. Uh, there was a, the sort of the stop and start um, in the spring, and then everyone ended up throwing a lot fewer innings um, than in a normal season. Is that a, a concern or something you're going to have to monitor going into this season, um, especially with some of the younger starters, just given the, the fact that the uh, the workload was, was a lot different um, last year. Are you going to have to monitor that for the starters, especially going into uh, this camp and, and even into the season, maybe keeping an eye and p- potentially even limiting workloads for some guys? Well, you know, I think we, we have to remember, too, that last year our guys may not have thrown the innings that, uh, you know, we're looking for, but most of them through during the pandemic in the summertime. It's not like they stopped at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just cut them, cut their load down a little bit uh, from when we left in March till we got there at, what, the end of uh, July, right? So, um, or middle of July. These guys were throwing. And a lot of, for me, is rest and how you recover in between your outings. So, you know, when I'm looking at guys and they're throwing, I want to make sure they get to the mound fresh, even their bullpens. If, if, if some days it means, hey, don't throw a bullpen uh, so we can be fresh for the game, then, then we don't throw a bullpen. If it means, hey, we normally throw our bullpen on the second day and we want to throw a little bit lighter on the third day, then we move it to the third day. 
The bullpen is just for your command. You know, I really believe that the bullpen uh, for starters in between starts is just kind of get that touch and feel, get that command. Don't lose your rhythm. Don't lose your arm slot. Um, you know, I like our guys going, you know, pretty close to game speed, around 90%, but I like less bullets. You know, I, I don't want, you know, 50-pitch bullpens or 60-pitch bullpens. I want an economical bullpen with a good pace between 25 and 35. So anytime we're monitoring our guys, you know, the the goal is to make sure when they do get on the mound and throw that they're fresh. So, you know, for me, if you're fresh, you know, you can go every fifth day as long as you're fresh. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I just feel like, you know, one calendar year of less innings isn't going to be uh, as big of a deal as maybe uh, A.J. Puck, who hasn't pitched much in two years. Mm-hmm. He's the guy I'm more concerned about at looking at his workload than the guy who only missed maybe eight months because of the pandemic. Uh, Jesus Luzardo uh, cracked the rotation last year, and um, he – he was a little bit up and down. I mean, he definitely showed some some of the flashes that that have had people sort of anticipating that for so long. Um, but like some of the other starters, and really starters across the um, across the league, um, had a, had a bit of an up and down year. Uh, what can he do in your in your um, in your perspective to to take a step forward uh, this season and kind of maybe establish himself over over a full year? Well, I think you know you know. Uh, Jesus won, you know, he didn't have very many minor league innings, you know, so he's got the stuff and the mental toughness that he can develop while pitching in the big leagues. I, I, I believe that he can do that. So there was a lot of uh, some growing pains last year, some things that, you know, I always say they'll figure it out. You know, you, you get him out in the, you know, a guy that can throw a lot of changeups in the minor leagues. Uh, might not be able to come up to the big leagues and throw a lot of change-ups unless he's commanding his fastball because major league hitters will sniff you out. And if that's all you – and I'm not saying, hey, Zeus, I'm saying any pitcher, if you can't throw strikes with your um, your off-speed pitches or throw strikes with your fastball, especially your fastball, they won't chase your off-speed as much. So I think, you know, hey, Zeus is a great student of the game. Him by being out on the mound more last year uh, in the big leagues gave him the intel that he needs. I think he's a very smart, intelligent kid. Uh, he knows what he wants to do. Uh, so now the more intel he gets on major league hitters and the way he can process it, which I think he's a great student of the game, it'll help him. You know, I can say uh, stuff till I'm blue in the face about pitching inside or pitching outside or elevating and when, but till these pitchers get out there and they experience it themselves, that's when they come back to you and say, now I see what you mean. So, you know, unfortunately he didn't get as many minor leagues innings as you probably would have liked. So now he's got to learn that at the big le- big league level. But like I said, I think he's good enough and smart enough to make uh, educated decisions and he's a good processor. I think his uh, his career high for innings in a season is is not that high. It's something around 100, 109, 110. 
Um, is is that something? I mean, is, is he a guy that that you will have to maybe not to the extent of an AJ Puck, but will you have to watch him a little bit over the course of what's expected to be a 162 game season, or or is he built? Uh, do you think to be able to handle that? Where do where do you find sort of the balance there? Well, you know, the the one thing um, now is uh, you get more off days. You know, uh, in years past, it was every fifth day you might make three or four starts before you get an extra day's rest. If you look at the schedule nowadays, it seems like they don't really go more than two without having an off day, and then they get an off day and get an extra day's rest. Sometimes they got to go that three three starts in a row on normal rest. Uh, but like I said earlier, you know, we got to get Jesus to the mound fresh. I'm not worried about the innings pitched as much as I'm worried about him saying he feels good each and every day. You know, if, if it's a side day again and he's not feeling great, well, we can skip the side day. I need you to feel great every fifth day when it's game time. We can find a ways to, uh, to uh, you know, work on your pitches uh, maybe just softer bullpens, you know, move up the catchers a little bit. Uh, some guys have that where they have to get on the mound. So, but he's he's good enough where he doesn't. He's he's very mentally strong, in my opinion. That you know the rain doesn't bother him. Umpires won't bother him. Uh, he takes great responsibility for himself. So now I just need to make sure we're in great communication. And if he doesn't feel right or as good. Hey, let's back it off. Or, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, if he's sore or something one day, you might not see 100 pitches, 110 pitches. You, you might see 90 pitches, you know. So that's where the communication comes in with all the pitchers and our staff. And I always want them to be communicative. Uh, and if you're feeling great, we go. If you're not feeling great, we need to figure out why. Uh, Frankie Montas had a, a little um... – so he was another guy who was, you know, inconsistent during the season, but he was dealing with the the neck upper back issue uh, after a really good start, and then had a couple of uh, pretty strong outings right at the end of the year. Were, were there things that you saw maybe uh, toward the end of the season that you felt like he can build on into this year, or where where do things stand with uh, Frankie going into camp? Well, you know, I always think the the the, the most of Frankie. I think. Uh... You know, he's had a, a, a long journey to get to the big leagues. You know, he's had an up-and-down journey, starter, reliever, four different organizations. Uh, so I believe in Frankie. and uh, But, you know, Frankie's got to believe in Frankie, obviously, too. But, you know, once you get the upper neck and the, the upper back issue and, you know, you're not as uh, stable or mobile in your actions, something's going to happen. And, and I could see it because, you know, Frankie throws strikes, you know, for a guy that throws 98, um, Frankie has always thrown strikes and it just didn't seem like he was putting his baseball in the right position. And normally once you see, for me, you see a pitcher, that's the first sign of something's going on. It might not be the velocity. It can be the spin rate and just, um, balls, you know, not the, not the ability to put his, his ball where he wants it, but he can still throw it hard. But he just can't – he doesn't have the flexibility or something. Uh, and now, again, I'm talking all pitchers, to put the pitches in their in their proper location. So 
when I'm looking at Frankie and I'm like, well, his bullpens aren't as crisp. I know he's got this upper back and neck issue, you know, and he says he feels great. The ball's coming out 98, but, you know, there just wasn't that, uh, in that stretch of time, it wasn't the consistent command that he always had. You're going to get beat in the big leagues um, every once in a while. But when you're beating yourself and not being able to put the pitches in the ro- in the locations that you're, you're you're used to putting it, then I know you know something's going on here. It looks like you guys will be bringing back um, the entire starting staff, basically, uh, aside from Mike Miner, who made a few starts for uh, for you last year. Um, and one thing that the the organization always stresses, I think, is uh, just the importance of having starting depth. Um, where is that depth going to come from this year, if needed? What, what where, like, which uh, prospects, uh, which pitchers are are you looking at as as potentially being sort of that next line up, um, if needed? And and who are you looking forward to seeing here uh, in camp among among those prospects? I think you know Dalton Jeffries. You know he made a start for us last year. Uh, he's got good stuff, good sinking fastball, good cutter, good changeup. Uh, you know, that one game in Texas is not who Dalton Jeffries is. Um, you know, I'm not going to grade one guy, a guy on uh, one game. I think he's going to supply us with a lot of depth in, in that starting rotation at some point. You know, we got Paul Blackburn still in the mix uh, of, of that, too. He's going to come in. Uh, Irvin's going to come in, and these guys are going to get extended. Uh, Grant Holmes um, is another guy. And then you've got the, the, uh, uh, James Caprillion. You've got uh, Parker Dunchy and, and Brian Howard, the guys who've been starters in our system. So you kind of like to see those guys a little bit in spring training and see what they can do. Uh, you know, some of them have had spotty outings over the last couple of years in uh, spring training. But now it's time to, you know, let's get it going. Let's, you know, you know. You don't want to get to be where you're a suspect. You know, everybody's a prospect, and then some of them turn into suspects. And, uh, you know, we want these guys to go out there and compete and grind and get out. So I'm excited for that whole core group to see them pitch a little bit uh, this spring and and see who can stick out and, and who's going to help us down the line. Similar question for the bullpen. Bringing back some of the uh, some of the key guys, but um, have you know added uh, several names that we talked about. And another intriguing addition: uh, Danny Jimenez, a Rule Five uh, draftee that picked up from Toronto. Um, he was actually a Rule Five picked by the Giants uh, last season too, and then was uh, returned to the Blue Jays. But what what do you know about him? Uh, what sort of is his potential in this spring? And then you've added uh, Juanis and Charles to the 40-man roster. Um, there's a couple of potential dark horse bullpen candidates there. Who are you looking forward to seeing on the release side? Well, obviously both of those guys. When, you know, when when the front office goes out and gets those types of arms, you know, mid-90s to upper-90s with the ability to spin their breaking ball, especially out of the bullpen. The bullpen probably, the most bullpens pitch a little bit more to swing and miss. And that's the tool that you want is that tight little breaking ball with some velocity. So, you know, both those two guys you mentioned with Miguel uh, Romero, uh, those are great guys to look at as well. So, you know, I'm I'm really excited to see those guys come out and pitch also because, you know, it's a whole new look. It's a different different type of uh, pitcher. 
with that extra velo that you're looking for. And, you know, on paper, it looks great. And now it's like, okay, let's get him in big league spring training games. It might not be the big leagues, but it, let's get him in these games and, and see what they can do. And that's the one thing that I think we've always done in our organization is we've gone out and we've gotten somebody, and next thing you know, that guy becomes a gem. You know, you, you just uh, you just can't uh, – you got to get several of them so one guy can stick out. So I think they've, they've built a great uh, bullpen depth, core depth, and, and now you know I want to watch these guys compete and, and get outs, and that's important. Last thing I'd like to ask you about is just uh, your, your thoughts on the new health and safety protocols that are going to be in place uh, this spring and into the season. Um, you obviously navigated last season with the team uh, while, while being in the at-risk category. Um, what do you think of, of the changes, sort of some of the additions in terms of using devices uh, for contact tracing, um, adding the potential of discipline if there are violations of, of the health and safety protocols? Do you feel like that's going to be effective, and how receptive do you feel like uh, the players are going to be to this sort of thing? Well, from the player standpoint, you'd really have to, I don't want to speak for them, but, you know, for myself, uh, you know, being a baseball guy, whatever Major League Baseball, the Oakland Athletics decide that's going to, one, help our health, and two, play baseball, I'm all up for it. You know, um, you know my job is to, to, you know, coach baseball and be a baseball guy, and that's what I do for a living, and whatever it takes for me to throw that uniform on, I'm, I'm grateful for it. So, you know, in my opinion, Major League Baseball and the Oakland A's, I know uh, our general manager, David Forrest, it, it takes this very seriously, and I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, they, they want what's well for the players and, and for the staff. And, um, you know, I just think, you know, if we want to play baseball, we, there, there has to be, some sort of protocols and some sort of rules during this pandemic. And, and that's what the union and the owners apparently agreed on. So let's, let's get on the field and just go play ball. Got it. Well, looking forward to, uh, to seeing that get going this week. Scott Emerson, thanks very much for joining us on AS Plus and for your time. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks again to Scott Emerson for joining us here on AS Plus. Our producers today were G. Allen Johnson and King Kaufman. We'll be back soon with more on Ace Plus. Thanks for listening.